Welcome to This Week in Craft Beer, the podcast, the weekly show where we interview the people making the magic happen in the UK craft beer scene, sponsored by Them That Can, the premier mobile canning service in the UK. This Week in Craft Beer publishes the UK's leading craft beer newsletter every Monday morning by email. To subscribe for free, please visit www.thisweekincraft.beer. This Week in Craft Beer would like to thank our generous Patreon supporters John Stevens, Angela Peterson, Nick Flynn, Jamie Ramsey, Sue Johnson, Steve Hartley, Jazz Hundell, Phantom Brewing Company, Dolphin Brewery, Becky Bentley White, Alex Possels, Ryan Charlton, The Paper Mill Micropub, Doug Thayer, Sarah Allmark, and The Sociable Beer Company. I'm delighted to welcome to the podcast Drew Harris from both Butilias and Low Key Barrel Project. Drew is one half of Kent based Butilias, along with Rich Bennett. And in November 2020, Drew and Rich launched Low Key as their barrel aging project. Drew, please introduce yourself. Tell us about your beer journey, which led you to launching Low Key. Hi there. My name is Drew Harris. Thank you very much for the introduction. It's basically been my life story up to now. But to give you the full story, we had to go back some way, back to when I was stacking shelves in right. a, a local Waitrose. Mm-hmm. I always knew that I really, really love beer. Right. Um, but I'm sure you find this as well, but beer especially is one of those giant amorphous kind of blobs of a thing yep. that people generally, they like, but they don't know how to engage with it. No. So I went through stages of, oh, dude, how, how do I want to get more involved with this massive, beautiful, ridiculous thing? <laughs> and I started homebrewing. Mm-hmm. I started writing a blog. My blog was hideous. My homebrewing was hideous. <laughs> Out of like maybe 20, 25 brews, one was tolerable. And if any, anyone ever asks me about my home brewing, I'll just bring up that one uh, and all the others don't exist. Uh, <laughs> I mean, se- several of them exploded. You, you learn from these things. Nice. So one day when I was working, this must have been somewhere around 2013, 2014. Right. I started talking to a guy who, so Sierra Nevada Pale Ale was on offer. Right. And it turned out it was cheaper than if you'd buy it wholesale. So this guy asked me for two cases. I was like, okay, that's not my department, but sure, whatever. So is this good? Do you like this? Right. And it was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's Sierra, Sierra Nevada Pale, mate. It's great. Turns out that he owned a bottle shop in Canterbury called oh. The Bottle Shop. Right. And which, which later became this big wholesaler did a big crowdfund and then went under. Mm. Uh, I'm part of that journey too, but it's deeply depressing. Oh, that's uh, sad. Yeah. But after a few a few times kind of seeing him, I was like, well, hey, buddy, can, have you got a job? Can I, can I, have a, can I just have a job? <laughs> and he was like, uh, yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. I ended up working retail, wholesale. Right. I ended up as the manager of Canterbury, I ended up heading up their web shop. I ended up moving them from Canterbury to London. Right. And then I ended up in their wholesale team. So in that three years, I got a grounding in how to sell beer. Yeah. Uh, got my contacts and all that. And after about three years, I was like, okay, well, I've probably done what I can here. Hmm. And I've been home brewing for a while, making terrible beer. Uh, <laughs> I want to go learn how to, to do that properly because I'm, yep. I'm spend, spending all this time. Yeah other people's beer why don't i spend that time selling my beer so at the time one of the local brewers 
being wholesaled by the bottle shop was was Time and Tide. Right, yeah. Uh, who I believe have been on your show. Yes, already. a couple of months ago, yeah. And I just kind of rocked up and I said, hey, hey guys, can can I have a job? Can, can, <laughs> can, can, I, can, I, have, can I have one of those jobs? And I basically said, I've got all this experience. Uh, if I bring all my contacts over and, and that kind of thing and, and wholesale for you guys, uh, will you teach me how to brew professionally? Mm-hmm. And I was there for a year. Nice. And had a fun time. Mm-hmm. After about a year, I got kind of came to a point where it was made clear that I wasn't going to have a job anymore. And so I went to, so the, the moment I got told, I drove to Faversham, which is about 40 minutes. Right. 45 minutes after I was told, I had another job. <laughs> Very impressive. <laughs> but basically, a, a lot of my career is going to people who I barely know and saying, can I have a job? Nice. Um, <laughs> It gets easier as well, I guess, isn't yeah, it? The yeah, yeah. The, like, the more you ask those questions, the easier it becomes. Yeah, you become more shameless after a while. And what happened was because the difference in the scale between between Butilliers and between Time and Tide at the time was was gargantuan, basically. Right. Even though like Time and Tide, they're, they're a small outfit. Butilliers is you walk in and it's a, it's a big barn basically right. behind a farmer's market in, in the middle of nowhere, but it's, it's like in the middle of hot country. It's gorgeous. Yep. All that. But the kit it's uh, it's an old Dave Porter kit, mm-hmm. wooden cladding all around it. Yep. I know. It. Um, <laughs> and like the floors were all cracked and horrible. And, and like it was, it's, it's, ba- and it still is basically maybe one step up from home brewing. Right. Uh, but it's just bigger. Mm-hmm. And so I took, quite a substantial pay cut to go there but i said what i want is creative freedom right and after five years i want my own project nice which leads us very very smoothly i think because i i planned all this this whole speech in my head beautifully done yeah on the drive back from work Uh, (laughs) (laughs) and it was it was all because it hasn't been hasn't been five years yet but everything's been somewhat accelerated by covid right um so about two years ago, we did a collaboration with uh, a good friend of ours, Damien from yes, Emperor. who I'm still trying to get on the podcast and haven't managed to yet. So we, we did a collaboration with him and the, the man is, for my money, hmm. uh, he, in, and in, in many different ways, he's a bit of a genius. Right. Because he finds the most straightforward, no-nonsense way to make the least straightforward, most nonsense beers and it's amazing and he, and he does it for what i consider to be the right reasons yes in that it's fun and he can <laughs> but he brewed he brewed with us and until that point we'd never made uh, this is butilis we'd never made yeah. anything that big before okay but i had an idea and he was like okay well here's what i do here's what your kit's capable of let's try and push your kit as far as far as we can and together we made layer cake which was this kind of big thick kind of chocolatey vanillary imperial stout and it was like the up to that point the best thing we'd ever made right and it's because damien is basically a wizard mm-hmm. and we realized that from that point on with our kit that like being the way it is this is the best style we can make anything around here like this kind of area because the important thing i think for us was understanding what we can do and what we can't do right our kit doesn't lend itself to ipas okay it can do a solid pale uh-huh. and our pale is very nice or at least i drink enough to make it seem very nice <laughs> uh 
and it can do lagers pretty well. Okay. And it's terrible at sours. Right. And it's not great at big, big kind of the New England style IPAs. No. Just because you need so much, so much dry hopping and we, right. we, we risk infection basically every time we do it. Okay. Yeah. But big imperial stouts, big barley wines. Nice. Um, yeah. We can do that all day long. And then COVID hit and we just had, we just released like what I now consider a core imperial stout for us. Right. Called Bad for Education. Mm-hmm which is chocolate tonka. Chocolate and tonka are going to come up a lot. They are, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be a theme for this evening. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> and that's when it kind of clicked that, well, we could make a we could make a thing out of this. Yeah. And everyone across the country was, was struggling. We weren't any different. I don't want to make it sound like we're special in any way because, frankly, we're not, we're not uh, in that regards. So we just thought, like, look, if, if everything goes really, really badly... And we go under, and this this is this is our one hit. This is the only go we get. Right? Are we gonna go out whimpering, or are we gonna <laughs> create this new ridiculous brand, nice. um, which is just so over the top? Doesn't make anything below ten percent. Right? Barrel ages basically everything, yeah. and just and has fun in the most stupid way possible. I absolutely love it as a business plan. I must say, it's, uh... yeah. I mean, it makes us no money. <laughs> like, yeah, makes you make yet. no money yeah. yet. <laughs> yeah, it's like the thing is like this is this is my baby. Mm. This is like obviously my babies are my babies, but yeah, this is something I just I've poured everything into, and it's it's where I can I can really kind of let loose and so low-key as the structure of it this is technically my side project from right. mm-hmm. it's, it's a separate company but rich is rich is with me as well yep and we're technically contracting from ourselves okay technically but we'll be looking for other premises when the opportunity arises right we've talked about maybe a brew pub maybe a a small kit to the side yeah all sorts of ideas but We've never been ones to put the blinkers on and say, well, this is this is exactly what I want. I'm going to work until I get exactly this. Right. Because life doesn't work like that, does it? Mm-hmm. Everything gets in the way. And I think the last year and a bit has... Certainly has the last 18 months, yeah. To prove that. So what you have in front of you is, I think, what, maybe the fifth or sixth brew from this project. And we only really started in January. Right. Actually releasing beer because barrel aging takes forever. Sure. And all of our beers are single barrel aged mm-hmm. or not barrel aged at all. And we put silly stuff in it. Right. Uh, <laughs> you know, for funsies. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, that's, I feel like I've taken a very long walk to just say, hello, I'm Drew. No, that's good. That's, um, that's good background. Um, first thing I want to uh, just pick up with you is on the about page on the Butilia's website, it refers to you as a professional loudmouth. <laughs> um, and so that isn't really um, connected to anything else I want to ask you, but I just couldn't let that pass without no, no, no. <laughs> trying to uh, see where that came from. And I'm not, I'm not getting that impression from the first 10 minutes of our conversation, but no, I think <laughs> maybe I made that when I was slightly younger. <laughs> I feel like I, I may be a bit more not reserved, pragmatic nowadays, except with making the beer. Though even then our creative meetings will be half me saying, well, can we put this in? And Rich saying, no, that's ridiculous. That's yes. being an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> so the beer does the shouting for you these days. I'm, yes. I'm, happy, I'm happy with that. 
so let's talk just in terms of capacity then for a moment. So what's the size of the, the Dave Porter kit and how many barrels have you got, perhaps more it, interestingly, on the yeah. low key side? So it's a, it's a six-barrel kit. Right. But out of one batch, mm-hmm. we can get 300 litres. Okay. Which isn't, a, which isn't a lot. No, it isn't, um, no. But it's, it's kind of enough for our purposes. What we normally do is we, we double brew and we right. get 600 litres, which means we can, f- we can potentially fill three barrels. Okay. We haven't done that yet because the efficiencies haven't been quite there. So what we've done with a couple of the previous ones is we've, we've got about 592.6 and we, we haven't been brave enough to go, f- go for the third barrel. Right. So we've, we've always done something weird with like the excess. Okay. So if, if the base is like an imperial chocolate stout, we'll put imperial chocolate stout in two barrels, like a bourbon and a rum or something, and then make it like a peanut butter and jam imperial chocolate stout and then and re- release it straight, which has the, the upside of being able to make a little bit of money at the very beginning whilst you're Well, it smooths out your release schedule a bit as well, doesn't it? You're not you're not waiting forever to get everything out of barrel at the same time, which is nice, yeah. Absolutely. And number of barrels. So we're still quite new. Mm-hmm. We have... So we, we only have like seven barrels full at the moment. Okay. And we have about eight or so in waiting. Mm-hmm. And that's for, for collaborations that I've, I've filled my schedule if anything, too full. Like w- what you might come to learn about me is that for all intents and purposes, I'm basically a dog. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's like, oh, here's this thing I like. Oh, yeah, here, this Let's is interesting. Consume yeah. all of this <laughs> until I basically die. Mm. So I released a lot of collaborations very early on in, in the social media for this, which is, which, which is a fun thing. I tried to do as well. Oh, definitely. Uh, because right at the beginning, I created this like alter ego and released all of our stuff as an alter ego, not not letting anyone know that I'm actually the guy controlling Loki. This, oh, okay. this podcast oh, yeah. very much confirms that oh, I'm you, the guy you, behind. You're the, outed now, I'm afraid. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the wizard behind the curtain. This guy. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but we've got um, one in the tank with with our friends from Black Iris. Nice. We've got three hills lined up. After yep. that, and then in August before London Craft Beer Festival, Vault City are coming down. Yes, I saw. Um, I was looking at that on your Instagram feed this morning, actually. So that's very exciting. That's very, very. Can't very wait exciting. to see what that turns out to be. Yeah. Yes, silly is what it will turn out. <laughs> I'm sure it will be. Yeah, because that sort of course is one of their sub brand categories, anyway, isn't it? So uh, I'm quite yeah. sure that you will be playing in the silly space rather than the session space when it comes to <laughs> Vault City collab. Anyway, brilliant, Drew. We should address this first beer. Yep. This is Living Out Loud Coffee Edition, which is your 10% chocolate coffee and Tonka barley wine. It was a collab with Hoptimism, and I couldn't actually find any tasting notes as such for it. And I did search quite long and hard for that. So, so I'll just give you my initial thoughts on it, but I'm really keen to get, get your sort of detailed thoughts on it. But it's got an awesome sort of burnt caramel butterscotch sort of sweetness to it but at the same time still has the bitter coffee in there so so that, that's a lovely combination chocolate is nice and smooth in there too but i think my main feedback on this beer is i think it's the least harsh barley wine i've ever tasted yes. um, and you know and barley wine is often quite harsh isn't it and i think probably by design uh, to be honest with you and so I'm probably enjoying this more than any barley wine I've ever drunk. And I don't drink very many, to be honest with you. But I think this is just delicious and certainly is hiding its 10%, at least to my palate. That's, that's very kind of you, mate. One of the main goals with making big, silly stuff mm-hmm. uh, as much as we do is that 
I kind of want to be the guy that makes the big silly stuff that you could potentially session. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, like if you if you had a mind to, yes, you could have a pint of this if you wanted to. You could actually. Right? I think you could. Yeah. When you look at other people who make big ridiculous stuff, mm-hmm. which is definitely the ballpark I want to play in. Yeah. Like, it, let's consider Omni Polo. Right. Who I don't necessarily want to be like. I'd like to be as successful as them, sure. yeah. obviously. But when you see their their Instagram posts, it's it's very it's very big, it's flashy, yeah. it's in your face. There there are a billion emojis. Uh, yep. There's ice cream on everything, <laughs> and it's like a sensory overload. Yeah, which is how I like. I, I love their beer, mm-hmm. and it's how I describe a lot of massive, massive beers from massive, massive breweries. Like objectively good, of course, but still huge and like when i was first getting into beer i was like well i don't necessarily want to tolerate the taste of beer right i just want to to enjoy it Mm -hmm. and it's a good point actually yeah and i think we're all guilty perhaps a little bit of pushing ourselves to that point where you are tolerating rather than enjoying at times yeah yeah i think part of that is like we kind of push like a it, it comes back to beer being this weird amorphous blob mm-hmm. and everyone wants to be the king of the weird amorphous blob yeah. <laughs> and how do you do that by gaining the deep deep knowledge the deep mm. deep knowledge behind everything and if you don't appreciate stuff that's so smoky that you do that ca- like cartoon <laughs> steam coming out of your yeah. ears thing <laughs> then are you even a beer fan, That's you know? Right. Yeah, you're a disgrace. Yeah, yeah. yeah. but ultimately, <laughs> people like what they like, which is yep. great. And I would like my beer to be complex and fun and out there yep. in the most layered and approachable way possible, which sounds like a horrible contradiction in terms. And it's, <laughs> it's possibly an impossible mission. <laughs> but, you know, we're going to try. Definitely going to try. And that's where, so the, the adjuncts I've used... I basically want to use as a base for everything. Yep. Because I think Tonka is magic. Yeah. But I, I, the thing is, like, I don't use I, I use it in a lot of things, but I don't use a lot of it. Okay. Because I, I see it as kind of like a like a connective tissue. So your big players in this, uh, the base malts, mm-hmm. the chocolate, and I mean the coffee's huge in it. I think. Yeah. Yeah. The coffee's um, lovely. But if you had those three individual things on their own, would they work harmoniously? Mm-hmm. I've had examples that haven't. So I think the addition of Tonka, which is kind of this kind of vanilla-y, spicy kind of thing, connects it all together yep. in a way that you wouldn't get with anything else. But yeah, Tonka's a wizard. Uh, <laughs> and this is possibly one of my favourite barley wines that, that we've made. But as nice as I think this is, this is still baby steps compared to where I want to be. Okay. And this was, um, a, this was one of three that you released at the same time, is that right? Yes. Uh, So the base of this was a collaboration we did with Optimism two years ago, one year ago. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah, Yeah. called Carnival of Sorts, uh, which we then rebrewed. So the vanilla version is basically Carnival of Sorts, but we've used a slightly different recipe. Right. And that was chocolate tonka vanilla. Right. Which was just smooth and unctuous and you get a very very slight raisiny aspect from the the barley wine base but like the chocolate tonka and vanilla just it's basically adding just sweet delicious paste into a beer just to smooth it all out and it's to my my mind it's lovely sounds a sensible approach to me yeah yeah and then rob from optimism approached me he said i'd like to do something for the advent calendar and now that you've got low-key going can we do something um a bit out there i was like uh yeah what, what barrels do we want what barley wine do you want to make <laughs> we, we kind of just agreed the thing we made previously which was very nice yep. just with some different versions 
and so these three versions are the base, but split into three. Right. And then we've got an Islay version coming soon. Oh, okay. Of a chocolate tonka barley wine, which we've made a bourbon aged vanilla version of. And then we've got a rum version coming out eventually. Mm. <laughs> but, Sounds good as well. Yeah. Who knows when? But yeah, huge plans. Oh. Uh, and this is I so rarely get to drink my own beer outside of outside of like tasting it in the in the brewery and going, hmm, yes, hmm, mm, yes. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, it's nice to uh, give you give it a chance to, to sit back and enjoy a couple this evening anyway. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, I think this is a, a triumph, actually. I'm really enjoying it. Thank you very much. Hmm. So you mentioned just briefly in passing a little earlier the London Craft Beer Festival. Yes. And you, I believe, were one of the Raise the Bar competition Um, winners this year. Is that right? Or Technically, no. Um, We we entered Mm. and we didn't win, which I was deeply disappointed by. Mm. But a guy called Tom, who's uh, who's organising, he emailed us saying, so sorry, would you like any feedback? Mm-hmm. Uh, and I said, hey, heck yeah, I want some feedback. That's right, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I demand a recount. Yeah. And uh, he said, like, look, the judges were really blown away. Mm-hmm. And they, they really enjoyed the complexity and everything that was going on. But this prize is for five festivals and you yeah. exclusively barrel-aged beer. And we pay this amount per litre. You're not going to be able to afford to do this. No. So they were really cool and they were really looking out for us. Nice. Um, yeah. And they said, if you can swing that, then we'd love to have you at London Craft Beer Festival. Brilliant. And I was like, yeah. Frankly, I'd bite off someone's hand to be at London Craft Beer Yeah, Festival. absolutely. Yeah, yeah. It's, a, it's an awesome event. Amazing location. And uh, yeah. Yeah, looking forward to seeing you down there because I'll be there yeah. on Friday. <laughs> nice one. Yeah, I went to some of the first ones at the Oval. Okay. Yeah. Uh, when I was working for for the bottle shop mm-hmm. and it was just even back then in like it was a much more cramped environment right and it was it was much more like it felt like if the festivals now are so polished and professional yeah. and it's just like you see all these amazing breweries and everyone's having a lovely time and <laughs> and the sun's always shining because you can't you can't rain on a London Craft Beer Festival of course like, not that, that wouldn't be on um, <laughs> like back in the day it felt like there were things made out of pallets mm. uh, and and everything felt like so cool and what what I consider to be like craft, you know? Yes. Um, stuff looked like it was flung together in the coolest possible way. So um, you, you're regretting how well organised they are these days, aren't you? Oh, no, but it's, it's a different <laughs> thing, isn't it? I know. <laughs> this does bring me very nicely into mentioning something that I was reading on your on the blog on the Boutelier's website this afternoon. And so there's just a couple of entries there from 2019, actually. So it's kind of fallen into disrepair, unfortunately. But there, there is one absolutely terrific blog post there, which was your very honest reflections on your own beer festival, which I think was called Generation Craft. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Um, and honestly, I, I read that absolutely captivated this afternoon. I don't think, well, I know, I don't think, I know I've never read anything quite so honest and reflective and therefore so generally useful for anybody that's thinking about running their own festival. So you go through it, warts and all, what worked, what didn't work, what would you do better next time, what shouldn't you, you know, just every possible angle I think you covered there would be absolute gold to anybody that's trying to think about pulling off their own festival this year next year whenever so i very strongly recommend that people take a read of that and just for the fascination of the background that it gives sort of you know, talk about behind the curtain that really was a behind the curtain view of what it's like to run a beer fest when i you know that that was a really enjoyable 20 minutes when i was reading that this afternoon so yeah thanks for sharing that and really like to think that others will, will benefit from it 
Oh, thank you very much. That's uh, honestly, I don't think anyone is ever going to read that. <laughs> <laughs> the yeah, the, the Generation Craft Festival is it's. I mean, like a lot of what I do, it's not necessarily the most sensible option. Uh, <laughs> no one could describe me as a sensible man, but I really, really just wanted to do it. Yeah, and if I really, really want want to do something, then eventually I'll find a way to do you know i'll get there and as often when you get to the thing you want you find it's slightly different to how you imagined yeah and that festival which i I still consider a mild success yeah because of what it could be in the future right it was very difficult like before the the gates gates doors doors to a theater opened i was having like very very mild panic attacks like uh about like is, is anyone going to show up? I mean, people have bought tickets. What if what if there's a fight? What if someone's sick in the car park? Yeah. All this stuff that uh, I had considered before, but only just properly hit me right then. I still feel like that kind of concept is valid because the, there, to, to my mind, there aren't that many festivals out there doing the kind of John Peel thing and no. supporting like the tiny, tiny breweries and right. the yeah. people who are up and coming. And because that's where I've been for the last three years. Yeah, I'm perpetually up and coming. Right. It's like, when, when have I made it, guys? <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Yeah. When is it my turn to get some accolades? Yeah. Do I get like some, a and make some when money? I get there? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, very fair. And obviously, you mentioned in that article, I'm from Reading, so uh, craft theory in Reading is, you know, was oh, one of the one of the festivals you cited as being a bit of an inspiration for your own. And and even uh, craft theory is really nicely run on a small scale, but they do they would definitely have some big name brewers in there amongst the perhaps the smaller ones so, so i don't think they were going quite so in favor of supporting the, the little guy as as you clearly did with yours so i think yeah. you know it, it was brilliant that, that you did that and obviously that was 2019 2020 understandably didn't happen i guess 2021 isn't going to happen so no. is that coming back in 2022 do you think yeah so hope it was absolutely heartbreaking in 2020 because we we planned it basically up to selling tickets and and all that jazz and we had to we had to refund quite a lot. Yeah. Um, didn't happen. 2021, I, I kept pushing the deadline back for can this happen? Yeah. Uh, and then there was all these kind of waves of restrictions. And I always said to myself, look, if if uh, you, you can't have a festival with table service and no. that kind of thing, just you have to be able to to go up and engage with, with the brewers because yeah. like you, we're assuming that you're you're at a beer festival you're at a a knowledge level where you're really really interested in what these people have to say yes definitely so them delivering beer to your table and being like there's your beer and you're saying oh thanks thanks guy (laughs) like it doesn't do it for me no Um, i agree but yeah uh craft theory was a huge inspiration and uh and what what uh, the grumpy goat team are are doing in general i think is, is magnificent I completely agree. Um, yeah. Yeah. And I'm, I'm really, I say this constantly, but I'm, there are a few kind of hubs in the UK that I'm, I'm very jealous of. <laughs> and Reading is one of them. We're getting uh, there. Yeah. We're getting yeah. there. Because you've got like, you have Siren as like the big guys. Yep. But just around the corner, you've got like Elusive mm-hmm. and Andy Parker's like the nicest guy. Yep. Uh, in all of brewing. And you got Phantom there now. We do. Double barreled. Uh, uh, and double barreled. And uh, it makes wild, me sick. Frankly. Wild weather. 
wild weather makes yeah. makes me goddamn sick because <laughs> um, like we've got some we've got some decent ones mm. but like nothing near like nothing like that that's, that's it's just it's just obscene and then you look at places like leeds you're like oh, get oh no it's just ridiculous what, what are you yeah. doing <laughs> get out of here sheffield and london stop yeah. it. making everyone everyone look ridiculous but well, I, I think it's getting there isn't it a, a different pace obviously in different markets but hopefully you're starting to get a, a critical mass in kent would you say uh, you know i had uh, i had ross from flock on the podcast oh, a few months yeah, ago and you know well. and he's smashing it isn't he yeah he's, he's doing really well mm. ross is a great guy yeah i like the way he's going about doing it as well mm. because it's he's, he was kind of like kind of like a ninja almost <laughs> because you you could see kind of ooh, the rustling leaves in the distance. Is that the wind or is that Ross? And then suddenly, <laughs> and then suddenly he's doing a collaboration with Dale. Yeah, like, yeah. I, I love the, the fact that he's really stepped his capacity up through combination of contract and, and collab uh, brewing this year. Yeah, brilliant. Yeah, and he's making great stuff as well. Mm, he really is. Uh, yeah, which is why which is why the likes of Dale will will entertain him. That's you know they can absolutely see that he's got what it takes. Yeah, brilliant. Yeah, and the, I've got to say this: the branding is so on point. It is. Yeah. Yeah, love I, I love a bit of branding, and, <laughs> and, and theirs is just like it, it is smashing it. It definitely is, Drew. I think it is time we took a short break. This week in craft beer is sponsored by Them That Can, the premier mobile canning service in the UK. Them That Can deliver the machinery, labour, materials, and most importantly, the expertise to achieve a professionally canned product that keeps their clients happy. For more information about how you can get started with their amazing services, please visit www.themthatcan.com. I'm back with Drew from Boutilliers and Low Key for the second half of the show. Drew, let's get straight back into it by having you tell me what makes you different. What is it that you're doing, and whether this is Low Key specifically or more generally across your brewing career, that you're planning to have make you stand out in the crowd how are you going to differentiate your beer and your brewery and your brand from what is becoming quite a crowded market in the uk now i mean you're absolutely right it is a very crowded market there's a lot of talent there's an awful lot of talent Mm -hmm. we decided very early on that we don't want to fight people like verdant and Mm -hmm. they at stuff they're really good at right cheaper than us just because it's a a style that everyone knows sells. It's yep. so like, we're never going to make a New England IPA, probably, mm. because there are 50 breweries, maybe like 100 breweries who could probably do it better than us. Right. We know what we're good at. and We just stick to that. And we try and push everything within that realm to the furthest extent of what we can do while still making things accessible. Right. I think that's, from a beer point of view, we're going to be those guys who who can make a lager, so you, you know they can brew. Yeah, on the Butilia side. <laughs> so we're gonna have a we're gonna have a core. There's gonna be some lovely sessionable stuff. Okay, but then like on the other side, we just make we just make monsters. Yeah, uh, and that's kind of like the whole. I quite like the the whole Jekyll and Hyde of that. Hmm. Uh, and there's kind of like the deeper story that I put out there, and then all the the other elements and and all the collaborations we do because. This comes back to what I was saying earlier in the that beer is this big amorphous blob. Right. Uh, and I never said like how I ended up 
really really kind of connecting with it and it's by doing everything right like everything that is within beer it's like uh, i own a barrel barrel project i'm a brewer mm. i'm on the wholesale side of things I, I own the retail side of it i've started a festival i'm going to festivals yeah uh, we're going to be doing a, events and collaborations mm. and, and everything with everyone i just want to be in amongst all of it are you growing any hops uh, we're we're going to get there uh, one day. One day. <laughs> I'm trying to think of jobs you haven't done yet. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But luckily we're we're in Faversham. I know that's right. That's why I asked. Yeah. Yeah. There are loads of local local hop growers that we can yeah. just, like, especially in green hop season. We just pop down. Yeah. The road. Uh, it's like a our local ones like two minutes drive away. Oh, nice. Just whack a big Hessian bag of hops in the back of my car. <laughs> I used to have like a tiny little um, Ford Focus. Right. And the giant thirty kilogram bag of hops fit exactly in the boot it was like it was the perfect fit i was it like was meant i to was be. made for this yeah yeah <laughs> love it um just coming back to what you were saying about you're not going to make new england ipas um so i totally get that and i think it's a wise decision but what i would say is if you're not going to make the number one crowd pleasing beer style in craft beer today mm. you might as well make the number two crowd-pleasing beer style in craft beer today which is complex heavily adjuncted crazy big imperial stouts and other beers so you're absolutely on point you're still making something fashionable but it's just it's sort of zigging when when everybody else is zagging isn't it to to go back to what we were just saying at the break there yeah very much so i would very much like to be able to make new england ipas like don't get don't get me wrong but uh it's just a case of sometimes just knowing when you beat Hmm? sometimes knowing when you beat before you even start Yes. And fighting, ultimately, we don't want to fight Verdant or Northern Monk no. on making hoppy pails. And maybe some people don't want to fight us on Imperial Stouts. Yeah. Uh, but there maybe isn't as much of a market for it. But who, you know, who knows? It's, we, I, could, I could get into like the, the hypotheticals around it. Maybe I think about it too much. Maybe. <laughs> but, <laughs> I'm happy with that. And I think you certainly have effectively profiled yourself i'm hoping that london craft beer festival gives you a platform to reach a lot more people it certainly will won't it that's going to be a great chance for you to show people what you're capable of and it's going to going to be a big leg up i hope to really get you onto onto everybody's well into every bottle shop and, and onto everybody's to-do list excellent then we must talk about miss kitty fantastico which is your 10 percent lafrogue barrel-aged imperial stout with cherry, chocolate, and tonka. I did find some tasty notes for this one, which say, rich and layered with prominent cherry and tonka. The smoke of the barrel is toned down and is there to add an extra layer of oomph to what is one of our most complex and luxurious beers to date. And again, this is superb. It is slightly smoky, but not as smoky as I feared it might be when I saw it was aged in Lafrogue barrels, which can is not... So I, I'm not much of a whiskey drinker myself anyway. And, and I, you know, I do know Lafrogue to be quite smoky and peaty and whatever. So uh, I was slightly wary of this beer. And actually, it's less sort of overwhelmed by the Lafrogue than I thought it might be. So it's it's lovely. The, you, you can definitely taste the chocolate. Not as much cherry in it as I thought there would be from the tasting notes. But I guess that might just be me. But overall, it's a lovely, real sort of nice sump oil imperial stout which i mean as a compliment and not a not a criticism uh, it's going down a tree and um again this is another big beer for a monday night so you know it's all good excellent thank you the, the smoky stuff is is something that we we really enjoy like the flavors we we, we know they split opinion 
especially the the very very kind of peaty flavors and mm. it can be very very easily overdone our first release was an imperial stout uh, it was a chocolate tonka because i love chocolate tonka right in first fill the four barrel so the first right. so it is the same barrel as this one but the first uh, okay right so that makes a big difference isn't it yeah yes so this is the second fill from mm. that barrel which is why it's a lot softer yeah they were in for the same amount of time so the first one was called Jormungander, okay and it was it was a monster right like, it's like if you you really have to enjoy pt whiskey to yeah enjoyed that beer but i felt it was a statement of a, a first release okay because it's just this huge to many people probably offensive flavor <laughs> and it's like yep this is who we are that's right <laughs> um, yeah. and, can you deal with it yeah. <laughs> yeah and whereas this is more along the lines of i feel like i've gone maybe too far with the balance because for me this is the best balanced beer we've made yet okay because it has all of these different layers and they don't necessarily overtake each other too much mm. and the flavor you can't really pick out necessarily one of the flavors straight off the bat mm. it just hits you as this thing that's greater than the sum of its parts when i taste this it's just like i don't really have tasting notes it just tastes big to me yeah as you know, since I've said I can't taste the cherry, the next couple of mouthfuls I've had, I'm starting to taste the cherry more, which is a bit strange. It's almost like I've uh, talked myself into looking for it, and now, now I'm finding it. But it's, yeah. yeah, there's a thing that I bore people to death with, and it's, it's a thing called neural adaption. Right. So when there's uh, either a flavor or a smell or, or something like that that's too powerful for the mind to deal with, this normally happens over a long period of time. Mm-hmm. It's like when you started drinking, west coast ipas they tasted hoppier and more bitter oh, yeah. right yeah realistically it probably hasn't changed that much mm. but now you can drink one it's like oh that's a bit disappointing Not yeah you're, you're just adapted to that bitterness aren't you yeah yeah and I, I have a theory that with big crazy strong beers that are so so layered you maybe get a taste of one and it's like bam okay cool tick that off the list and your brain's like well what else is there now yeah uh, no, that's a good and, point and also maybe it's it's sitting out a bit longer so it starts to yeah warm. They, they absolutely yeah this this has been out of the fridge now for an hour actually so it's starting to not quite to room temperature but it was quite cold to start with but it's nearly there but this, this is one of my favorites uh, miss kitty fantastico i discovered it was a cat in uh, buffy the vampire slayer this afternoon <laughs> which is i don't don't know you know i wasn't looking to find that out and i'm, not, <laughs> I'm none the wiser particularly but i just thought i'd uh, just 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 make the reference in case anybody's listening to this thinking oh yeah 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 um so the uh, the names for a lot of Lutilia's beers and low-key beers, they're decided between myself and Rich. Okay. And I came up with a system which I call the patented Drew naming system. <laughs> I, need, I need to hear this. Because <laughs> yeah. like names are really difficult and really annoying. Yeah, I'm sure they are, yeah. And you could spend like hours coming up with names. So what we do is we take it in turns. Hmm. We write a list of 10 names okay. that are related to some sort of cultural reference that we really enjoy. Right. It has to be less than five syllables. Yep. And it has to be a relatively obscure reference. I just have um, to draw it, take you to task with the fact that this is seven syllables. So. Um, with low key, we got rid of the five syllable thing. Okay. So for, <laughs> <laughs> because it was just really annoying. Sorry for being so pedantic. <laughs> but, uh, um, so this one was a rich one. And what we'll do is sometimes we'll pick cultural references that we know the other person hates right <laughs> <I like that. laughs> so i'll pick a lot of kind of like uh anime 
And right. like every time I um, I come up with a list, Rich will just look me dead in the eye and say, Drew, is this Pokemon? Is this... Is, is... <laughs> Is 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 this a Yu-Gi-Oh? <laughs> <laughs> and then and then uh, and then I have to ask him, hey hey Rich, is this uh, is this Columbo? This, <laughs> Columbo. Is, is, is this Morse? He needs to get out more, doesn't he, Rich? Yeah. I can see that already. Yeah. The man loves he needs to get out Morse. to more beer festivals. He loves it. <laughs> <laughs> the man likes what he likes. You know? uh, fair enough. And, and so are each of you obliged to choose one of the names from the other's list then? Is that, yeah, so, is that how it uh, works? Yeah. And then the other person picks two names from the list of 10. Right. And the person who came up with the list picks their favourite from the two. I like it. I mean, it's a good system, actually. Yeah. yeah. I can, and yeah. It's, it's, cut, it's cut a lot of time out. Mm. And it's yeah, saved us a lot of effort. Mm. It's caused a few arguments. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's saved a lot of effort. So I remember, like previously uh, at a, a previous brewery, like some of the some of the names will take days, oh. and it's like, ah, oh, oh, come on, no. <laughs> just just do a thing, pick a thing, make yeah. a list, and, and then that one done. Yeah. yeah, yeah, good scheme. I like it. Let's uh, talk a bit more about festivals and events and collab. Yes. So apart from LCBF, have you got anything else in the calendar this year? Festival-wise, no, uh, mm-hmm. unfortunately. It is a shame. I wasn't really actively seeking festivals apart from London Craft Beer Festival. Right. Because of that, the big attachment that I have sure. to it. Yeah. I am going to, now that the 19th of July has been confirmed as all restrictions off yep. day, I'm going to try and do a smaller version of Gencraft. Okay, um, great. In Ashford, in nice. Kent, which is where our shop is. Right. Um, I'm going to try and do that as a Halloween thing. Oh, good. Yeah, good show. Uh, I'm going to call it the Monster's Ball. <laughs> and I've already talked to... So Emperors are coming down. Brilliant. Uh, Cult of Oak, which is Roberto over, over in Birmingham. Okay. Who's making just absurd stuff, mm-hmm. like barrel-aged magic. Nice. Uh, Tour side have said they come down cool. or, or at least send stuff down. And I've got a list of as long as my like the sales guy from Siren said he wanted to do some stuff. So nice, like, okay, so, great. Like if if I could if I could twist their arm for some of their barrel age stuff, then uh, yeah, they do some great barrel age beer. But but, but they got to bring the barrels. They ain't bringing no sound wave to this. I tell you, no, no, quite right too. <laughs> no, you're not not looking for you, Lou, are you? No, indeed. <laughs> I mean I love you, Lou. But yeah, like... no, it's a nice beer, but it's not. Uh, it's not just not in keeping with, with um, what you got in mind here. Yeah, and other than that, I've got a lot of tap takeovers okay. um, and collaborations. Just just uh, before we move past the Ashford Festival, so what's what's the exact date of that, Drew? Is it the thirtieth? So yeah, so Saturday, Saturday thirtieth, Sunday thirty first. It's going to be that week. Yep. Then, yeah. in which case, that's perfect timing. You'd do Friday, Saturday, would you? Or? For the yeah, probably Friday, Saturday. Yeah. Just do a media industry evening on the Friday, and then do Fine. the big all day Saturday. Mm. And the good thing about the location we have, which is the Coachworks in Ashford, is it's okay. kind of like a, a food hub type thing. Oh, nice. Uh, so there are already food vendors there. Mm. It's a big open space. and Fantastic. Plenty of room to have fun in. Brilliant. Oh, well, I hope, you know, I hope that's a tremendous success. I don't see why it shouldn't be. Hopefully I can get everything together because uh, it's, it's quite a short time to get it sorted. But uh, yeah. that's the plan. Exciting. Yeah. In terms of what's next, what's actually going to be the first release looking forward to, Drew? What are we going to see in bottle? Um, so the, we've got one coming out in about two weeks, and it's a, a space-side barrel-aged barley wine nice. called Lavenum Tango, uh, which is a reference, I believe, to Morse. Yeah. 
That was not one of yours then. No. Yeah, no, definitely not one. Of, no Pokemon, mate. No, no Pokemon. No, not Yu-Gi-Oh. That's coming out soon. Then the nice. Islay barrel-aged chocolate tonka barley wine mm. is so the the second uh, Optimism collaboration is coming out after that, mm. and then probably getting into some Emperor stuff yes. uh, because we've kegged up a few bits and some of it's Emperors. Okay. Uh, for London Craft Beer Festival, right? And there'll be bottles of it, not a lot. But there will be some. There'll be some some kegged, low key emperor's beers at London Craft Beer Festival. Nice. I mean, not that I'm wishing my life away, but it's four weeks on Friday, isn't it? So that's really not very far away. Yeah, indeed. <laughs> but, uh, really looking forward to it. Yeah, it's uh, going to be amazing. It's, it's going to be very cool. Mm. Um, so, where should people turn to get their hands on? either the beers we're drinking this evening or the ones that you're about to release in the next few weeks, Drew? Two best places to get them from uh, are online. Yep. Uh, so butilias.com and there's, mm-hmm. a, there's a web shop there. That's where we do all the, the launches for low-key stuff. Right. And a lot of people are like, oh, what? how are Butilias involved with this? It's like, ha-ha, fooled you. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and then the other place because... So Rob was Rob from Optimism was one of the guys who, when I first started... He was super, super supportive. Right, nice. Uh, and basically, there was no one else who I, who I'd let launch my stuff. Brilliant. So there are only two places you can get it at launch date, and it's from nice. us, and it's, it's from Optimism. And then, then the rest of the stuff goes out through our wholesaler, Jolly Good, right? Um, who have been superb with us. Yeah. Um, and it's it's. But I, I don't do direct wholesale because no. I don't, I've had too many cases like kicked around by couriers uh, okay. and this stuff is to me is too precious. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. And also I don't like dealing with invoices, but that's, <laughs> that's, that's by the way, so it's yeah. a secondary objection. <laughs> yeah. And they, they get it out to all, all their people and then it, it turns up in the wild about a week or so later. Right. Um, so it's it's one of those from all good bookshops. Nice, uh, yeah, that, that kind of thing. But but mainly you can get it from Optimism and from Optimism. Yeah, very good. Well, I think hopefully you're going to see demand really starting to skyrocket once people get to taste these amazing liquids at LCBF. I hope so, man. I hope yeah. so. And once the podcast comes out, I know. Yeah, yeah. You know, there'll be there'll be at least five people listen to this. So that's. <laughs> I'm expecting five people to knock down my door, mate. Yeah, no, maybe 10, actually, on on a good week. Um, Excellent. Well, so then let's get into the home straight and start out with what I call the shout-out to the little guy. Yeah. And here I ask you to mention a small local or several small local beer businesses, local to Kent, I would suggest, that you're particularly impressed by, that you think are doing a great job in the service of independent craft beer. And this could be another brewery, could be a restaurant, a cafe, a bottle shop, a tap room, really anything related to beer sales and distribution that you'd like to send people to. Cool. So first shout out is to, to Harvey at the paper mill. Right. Um, now they're really cool over there. It's in a place called Sittingbourne. Mm. It's not glamorous. It's not mm. a glamorous place. And it's not somewhere where you'd expect an absolutely magnificent haven for craft beer. Right which is what the paper mill, they set out to be that. And then they just, through sheer power of will, became that. Fantastic. Uh, which is just, it's so cool to see because it's just like, it's a micro pub. Right. And like it's the size of a front room. And it has like the most loyal customers, really adventurous customers. They're always getting like crazy imperial stouts. Yep. 
mega sours and like i think they had an omnipolo tap takeover like back when they were crazy and, <laughs> and like they're, they're like they're always bugging me for the like our stupid stuff on cask nice like, oh my god oh my god <laughs> the, they're like the passion that they have over there i mean specifically harvey is a proper inspiration Nice. Well, um, so a couple of things about the paper. So they're, they're very kindly one of our Patreon supporters. Are they? Up here, so I'm really grateful to them for that. I'm connected to them on Instagram. So I, I see all of their wonderful social media stuff where they're promoting their tap lists and their amazing outside space that they've had through the last few months. And so they're just doing an amazing job. And I, I to my shame, haven't actually been down to see them yet, but I will definitely try and get there at some point this summer. So it's a, nah. very much on my to-do list is a, is a trip to North Kent to come and uh, come and visit the paper mill. Now, uh, I, didn't, I didn't know they were like a sponsor of yours. Mm. So this sounds very planned, doesn't it? It does, yeah. No, but it's, very honestly, no, it's completely above board. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I do have a couple of other, other shout Please? outs. Yeah. So I don't think I would be basically anywhere in this business if it wasn't for our two artists. Mm-hmm. So when I worked at the bottle shop, Camille Favelle was just, she, she was part-time and she was just going off to art college. And I said, like, look, you're obviously very, very talented at this. If when you come back, I'm in a position to give you a job, I'll give you a job. Nice. She, she came back and I was in a position to give her a job. So I gave her a job. Mm-hmm. Uh, and she she turned the Boutilliers brand like on its head completely. Right. And it, it was kind of like very homebrew orientated. It had the bars and it, all that jazz. Like this is how much Chinook we've used. And this is what <laughs> yeah. we've used, which is, which is cool for homebrewers. But most people are like, hmm, what is this? What's going on? Stop it. (laughs) So now it's just like, hey, we're just really art focused. Nice. And Camille introduced us to Rebecca, Rebecca Dennis, who we took on to do low key. I was gonna Uh, I was gonna ask whether these were Camille's labels, but this is no, these are Rebecca's work, are they the two I'm looking at? Yeah. Yeah, this is Rebecca's work. And Mm -hmm. they both have their own style, but Mm -hmm. they're both absolutely fantastic. Yeah, these are lovely. Yeah. Our brands and our uh what success we do have wouldn't exist without them, basically. Right. Yeah. So they're fantastic. I have one more shout out. Please. Uh, is there any social media contacts for the artists that you can? Um, uh, can I send them to you? Yeah, you can. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah I'll, I'll send them to you. Brilliant. So uh, I, I will put those in the show notes anyway. Definitely. Nice one. So the last shout out mm-hmm. is they're not local. No? So it's, right. it's, it's, it's messing with your system completely. <laughs> <laughs> but it's a, uh, a pub in Sheffield. Right. Now, weirdly, for, a, for, like, for like a weird period of time, most of our sales went to Sheffield. Uh, it's like we're in Kent and it's like a massive yeah, drive. That's nuts. It's absolutely crazy. Mm. But it's because of specifically Lucienne at Shakespeare's. Right. One day we managed to get one of our barley wines up to her on cask. Mm-hmm. And she's just been like the biggest cheerleader for our stuff up, up north. Brilliant. Uh, and I don't think we'd be doing nearly as well as we are if they didn't constantly support us. Fantastic. Um, that's nice. Because like outside of, for, for a long period outside of Kent, like no one knew who we were. Right. But now people do. Um, very good. Which is, which is very cool. And the really fun thing is they're always asking for like, if we release a barley wine, they're like, oh, can, we, uh, can, we, can, we a, can we have a pin of that? Can we have a pin? Can we have a cask? <laughs> I'm like, oh, that, that'll be like, if I was charging for that here, that'd be like a nine pound pint. Yeah. And I wouldn't serve it in pints. No. Uh, and they're just like, ah, oh, yeah, whatever. You know, it's, uh, <laughs> we won't make much on it. And uh, all of our customers will have at least two pints each. And like, we, we sent a barley one up to them a while ago for a tap takeover. Hmm. I think it's like 11%. 
oh, I was a bit scared. Uh, it's like if I saw that on cast, I was like, I'd be like, can I have can I have a little third, a little third of that? Yeah, yeah, I know. If, I'd be the same. I'm afraid. Yeah. yeah. No, if I did that it. in this pub, I would be like, just we with soft southern chites. That's what it is, isn't it? Unfortunately, yeah. <laughs> But like I was following on tap to see see what was happening, and there were so many pictures of like hardcore old dudes taking pictures of themselves with not only their first pint but their second pint of this eleven percent barley wine. And I'm like, oh my, oh my god! Sheffield is a cool scene, isn't it? I went to the Sheffield. They call it Indie Beer Feast, don't they? Um, which yeah. is almost, I think was the last beer festival, actually last proper beer festival I went to before lockdown. It was right at the cusp of lockdown. Really nice event. You've obviously got the likes of St. Mars, haven't you, in, in Sheffield? Oh, you've amazing, got, you've got Heist, who are just opening up their fantastic new um, facility. So, yeah, lots of lots of great things going on in Sheffield. Yeah, that's another one of the scenes I'm very jealous of. Yeah. <laughs> Excellent. Well, we're working on the Kent scene. We'll get there. Let's get into the wrap-up question, Drew. Been lots of fun talking to you, but I really need to know now, what would be your ultimate happy hour? And I need uh, to know where you would be, who you'd be with, and specifically what beer you would be drinking. A couple of qualifiers for this. This is non-COVID restricted. Of course, we're almost out the back end of that anyway, but worth saying. And also, it doesn't need to be coherent, so the beer doesn't need to match the venue. Oh, cool. Oh, okay. Yeah, mm-hmm. I'd not considered that. But I mean, this is this when, when you sent me the the questions over. This was like this is the fantasy football of beer. <laughs> it is, yeah. It's, <laughs> but how do I pick my team, man? Yeah. But w- when I got down to it, it was pretty easy. Like mm. the location for me, War Pigs in Copenhagen. Yeah, love it. Um, love it. I'd, my wife and I went to to Copenhagen for a, for a short holiday. We stayed there for five days, and we went to we went to War Pigs four times. Did you? <laughs> <laughs> it's a magnificent place there. especially you know on a sunny evening sitting outside there there's no oh. where nowhere i'd rather be yeah i mean and outside's basically just a car park oh, it's, it's, yeah yeah it's uh but it's just it's got this kind of magic to it in my head this would be for like my 40th or 50th birthday okay so like all my family and friends would be there nice um, and like some of my favorite people like from the industry yeah like damien from yeah and Rob from Optimism and mm-hmm. Alex from Black Iris and Chris nice. from Leviathan and uh, all the cool people, you know, mm-hmm. you know all, all the cool people. And at that point, I just happily drink war pigs. Yeah. Like, so you'd be looking for Frank the Tank or something, one of their, yeah, one of their yeah, sort yeah. of core, core um, New England IPAs. Yeah. Or like, oh, what, like Big Drunk Baby or something like yeah. that. I think they have a lager called Salmon Pants. Yes, they do. Yeah. And like, I, I had way too much <laughs> that last time I was there uh-huh. I brew like tons of big imperial stouts and barley wines but the thing I drink most is lager basically every many other many brewers yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's it is the old cliche isn't it <laughs> it's just like it's the thing we appreciate most yeah. um, I think brewers are the only people who appreciate the effort behind it I think it's right yeah I mean I don't whilst I'm not diminishing the effort in any respect I don't need to I'm not drinking a beer to appreciate the effort of what went into making it so much as the enjoyment of drinking it. Yeah, so, the, the yeah. end result. That's something we brewers need to uh, to, to get more on, I think. <laughs> but <laughs> I've really enjoyed drinking your beers this evening, Drew. Um, Thank you very much. Can't wait to see what you show up with at Tobacco Dock in four weeks' time. I'm going to be making a beeline to uh, come and see you before I'm, uh, whilst I'm still relatively coherent, let's put it that way. Um, so you will see me in the first hour i guarantee it and um it's a good to see you man uh, it's been an absolute pleasure chatting to you this evening really looking forward to watching you go from strength to strength fantastic thank you for having me
Commencing in November 2021, This Week in Craft Beer will be running meticulously curated long weekend tours to the world's most exciting craft beer cities in partnership with some of the UK's leading craft breweries. Destinations for 2021 will include Copenhagen, New England, Brooklyn and Miami. If you fancy joining a small tour party led by a leading UK craft brewer as we experience a packed long weekend of meet the brewer and tutor tastings at some of the leading craft breweries on the planet, please pay close attention to our newsletter and website as we make new announcements each week throughout April and May.